on decision-making, and we've been talking about this matter of uncertainty. How do we look into the future, which seems so full of risk and seems so unclear? How do we squint into that fog and make the decisions that God has called us to make? We've been talking about this really from the point of view uh, that um, Proverbs is calling us to be changed into people of wisdom, who by godly wisdom take responsibility for the decisions God has given to us, that we, we really grasp hold of them, and that we not shove the decisions that he has given to us back onto him, that we not come to places of false certainty, in trying to make our decisions, but that we really come to accept how uncertain things look from our point of view. And that accepting it, we push into that fog by the power of God, and we see Him lead us through the decisions that we make. We see Him give us wisdom, we see Him guide us point to point, and on the other side of that fog, we look back and we see his leading, we see his hand, and we gain confidence from that. In other words, to put it simply, God's wisdom for decision-making is show up and participate in the work that I'm doing in your life. I'm not making you a puppet. I'm not pulling strings to make you do what I want you to do. I'm not going to send you neon signs. I'm not going to do all of this chemistry that we call upon God to do. I am simply going to lead you into that uncertainty. And I'm going to go with you through it. And I am going to show you how to make decisions in my wisdom in uncertainty. And the first step is simply to accept the fog accept the uncertainty. We've come to see that this is a hard issue. Decision-making too often is presented as a how-to seminar with a bunch of steps on how to make a good, rational benefits and costs analysis of the decisions in front of you. And that's really not the issue in any decision that we face. The real decision that we have to make first is what is our heart going to be toward God about all of this uncertainty? And uh, when we get that decision right, then all the rest of the decisions can fall into place. So we've been talking about decision-making as a heart issue. And uh, at this point, uh, having really, in all honesty, preached some sermons that were heavier than I anticipated they would be, um, and really talking about facing up honestly to our errors and sins, not rationalizing them, not revising our intentions from the past and our motivations, but really just saying there are things that we have gotten wrong, we want to get the future right. Having preached all of that, now I want to get more practical in the sense of how do we make decisions? How do we walk into that fog? How do we squint into the future? and see what decisions are the right ones. That's what we're going to talk about this morning from this text, Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely 
hastiness versus diligence. The two words are really interesting words here. Hasty means pressed or narrow. There's this idea of force in the biblical word for hasty here. In other words, that you're trying to drive too much through too narrow a space. And so you're pressing on all of this to try to push it through, try to push people into line, push issues to a resolution that just won't resolve. Push, push, push. And the space into which you're trying to shove all of this stuff is too small, it's too narrow. So there's all of that idea of exertion, anger, impatience, trying to drive something to a resolution that just is not ready to resolve. That's the idea of hastiness here. The word diligent means sharp, which I think is really interesting. Because if you're hasty and you're trying to push too much into too narrow a a space, then diligence comes along with a sharp edge and starts cutting up all of that bulk of issues, slicing into all of those things, all of the stuff that has gotten tangled up together. Diligence starts slicing through it, separating it out, putting things in, in neat categories and pushing decisions through that narrow space one by one. And instead of driving and shoving, instead of exerting pressure, diligence breaks things down. And Solomon says it leads to abundance. He says it leads surely to abundance. Anytime the scriptures say this, surely produces this. I think we want to look at that very carefully. I want this uh, time this morning to be a, a sort of testimony uh, because uh, this was a big week for me and my family as we went back to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, I stood in line with all of the other graduates. Uh, we processed out onto the lawn of the seminary and out into the 87% humidity and walked out there, and in front of me was all the faculty in all of their regalia, all of these PhDs and doctors and professors, and it was this line of bright colors, and that's when it hit me. You're Dr. Rayleigh now, and so we, we walked in, and it was the completion of about six years of work, and to end. I want to talk with you about what all went into that. And what I want to do in that is not just to illustrate hastiness and diligence, but also to show you how being diligent is walking with God. And that when we embark on these big things that seem terrifying, uncertain, highly doubtful, when we start these things and walk into that fog, 
thought I was wrong to bring it up or anything like that. It's just they couldn't come to an agreement together. They couldn't reach that consensus that says, yeah, we're all on board for this with him in our church at this time. Now, there's a decision to make when you put a lot of effort into something and the answer is, no, I, I don't see it. I don't think so. There's a decision to make. I had to make it. Am I going to be hasty? Am I going to put pressure on this to, to get this big decision pushed through uh, a situation of leadership that is just not going to allow it to come through? Am I going to try to force this? Am I going to go behind the scenes and try to sell this individually to leaders rather than working in meetings where everyone is speaking on the record and there's no back-channel communication? Am I going to um, am I going to threaten the church? Well, if you don't see God's call on my life, you know that speech. Am I going to put that pressure on to make this this was a painful decision for me. I had come a long way in, in listening to, man, I've talked with you before about this. We're telling you, you need to do this. This is unquestionably, from our point of view, no doubt that this is God's call in your life. You need to do it. And I had come through a long process of reaching that kind of decision, only to meet with this feedback from the leadership of that church. I decided to table it because it was just very clear. The Lord is saying, not this way, not this manner, not in this situation, not now. Listen, you have to accept these things. When the Lord is saying, this is a good thing, good idea, not here and not now, then we have to, to stop the pressure, stop that pushing and shoving, because hastiness leads only to poverty. And one of the, the things about it is it's just too many decisions bundled together. I went back to this decision and started to break it down into smaller decisions. Maybe the program isn't right. Maybe the maybe the way uh, PhDs are done needs to change before I will be in a place that I can do it. And in fact, that was the case. One of the reasons that Southern Seminary opened up is because they allowed ones in certain fields, men and women, to do PhDs by distance learning instead of quitting their jobs, moving to Louisville, and being in residence. It's a major shift. At the time that I started this, that did not exist at Southern Seminary. In my hastiness, I might have pushed into a program that would have been very costly to that church in terms of its consensus and unity, very costly to me because the Lord had all of this laid out. 
hastiness leads only to poverty. But when you pause and you start chopping things up smaller, the Lord rewards it and blesses it. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Hasty decisions are too hot. One of the sources of the pressure of hastiness is it's not enough time. Because not only are you trying to push through a decision that's too big, it's too tangled up through too narrow a space, not only is that happening, you're on deadline, or you think you are. You start imposing this pressure. We've got to get this done now. We've got to get this decided. We've got to force this to a resolution. And there may not be enough time to actually work through all of the issues involved. Many of you are facing big decisions in your life. You're facing marriage decisions, career decisions. Sometimes uh, some of us are, are facing decisions about retirement, when and how, and what we do after retirement, and those, all of those kinds of things. Some of you are facing and have faced in the last year career change decisions. Um, these are big things. And if we start putting false deadlines on these things, the pressure just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And so the hasty are always working on a deadline that is too close, the decision is too big. Um, a third thing that I notice about hasty decision-making is that the reasons to trust God are too thin. They are simply not thick enough to bear the weight of work, toil, difficulty, and the inevitable problems that come with making big decisions. That's why I said a few weeks ago when we started this series, stop thinking in terms of signs and feelings and all of this stuff. Listen, I could have built a case in that previous situation. God is telling me to do this. I feel so passionately about this. He's brought me through a process on this. Listen, if I had pushed it through at that time and gotten into a PhD program with all of the trouble that goes with it, how thick would my reasons to trust God be? It would be too thin. Because I would know in my heart of hearts, I pushed this. I did this. God was telling me through all of the circumstances and through godly wisdom in Proverbs, no, not now. And I pushed ahead anyway. And so getting into the troubles, the difficulties of the program, I would not have had thick reasons to trust God. My reasons would have been very thin, very frail, and they would not have borne the weight of adversity. When you make any decision in your life, you will adversity, even and especially if the Lord opened the door. 
honesty don't have those reasons. Their decisions are too big. Their decisions are too hot. Their reasons are too thin. And very often, the hasty bailout before they're done. So in whatever decision you're facing in your life, hastiness looks like this. It's that pressure. Got to drive this. Got to push this. Let's talk about diligence. Diligence is sharp. You take all of these decisions that have been tangled up together and it's too big. And what do you do with that? Well, diligence comes along with this scalpel and just starts cutting things down, making them smaller. Diligence says it doesn't have to be this big. So, four characteristics of diligence that I have noticed with this kind of sharpness. First of all, the diligence spread out their decisions. I realized after my first run at uh, the PhD process that this was too big. I hadn't gone into it deeply enough and I needed to take a longer timeline on this. Maybe it would be at this church. Maybe it wouldn't be. And I needed to leave all of that alone. But I need to spread out this decision and not look at this like there's some kind of deadline looming. Who has all the deadlines? God does. So let's take the heat out of this, that time pressure. Let's just get rid of that and let's spread this out. Richard and I have done this in many, many decisions, whether it's houses or um, jobs or any of the, the big kinds of decisions that we've made. We've just said, let's lengthen the timeline here because we don't have to rush into anything. There is nothing pushing us into this decision. There have been decisions that we have had to make quickly, but we have not done them under the kind of pressure that haste brings. Um, talk about that more in a moment. Um, the diligent break down their decisions. Remember that scalpel. The diligent come out of big decision. Should I get a PhD or not? The diligent person comes at that and says, it's too big. can't possibly make a decision that big. Let's start cutting away at the issues here. Is the right program out there? Where is that program? Can you get into that program? Are you qualified to do this work? Let's, let's break these issues down. Can you fund it? Is this the right time in your working life to do this? So, so you start breaking down all of these issues, and before you know it, you say, oh, I don't have one big decision here. I've got about 50 or 60 little ones. I don't know about you, but I can make little decisions. I don't have a problem with little ones. Where I feel the pressure is big ones. And you feel that pressure because it's too big. So chop it up. Break it down. 
break the issues into pieces. One day in the middle of uh, the PhD program, I was about ready to finish up coursework. I was writing a paper comparing two of my favorite people, uh, Jonathan Edwards and Johann Sebastian Bach. So I've been wanting to do this comparison for years. I've been wanting to write this very paper for years. Came to the place in my coursework where I had the opportunity to write it. The professor said, yes, that sounds like a great topic. Let's go. I get to the point of writing the paper. I have 30 days to do it. And everything erupts at the church. Just, uh, I, I can't even go into how much pressure erupted in that month. And it was one of those months where after about three years of being in the program, I was just about done anyway. So to come to this, this crucial point and be about ready to finish up the coursework, which is a major milestone in the program, and, and everything is going wrong. And when I say wrong, I mean really going wrong. of everything going wrong. I have to write a paper. You think I wanted to write that paper? I don't want to write anything. I don't want to do anything. I, how is, I think Keith mentioned these, these things. Who is sufficient for these things? That's just the church. It's just the ministry. And there are things The idea of writing, however many words that was, was too big. So, what do you do? Diligence says, break it down. Spread it out. You don't have to write the paper in one sitting. you got 30 days. Out of X number of words, how many words do you need to write every day to get that done? Break it down. Spread it out. So I came up with that number, whatever that was. I think it was between four and 500 words a day. Can you write 400 or 500 words a day? Yes, I can do that. I can't write tomorrow's words. I can't do that. But I can write today's words. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write those four to 500 words that down into the file, and then I'm going to close it up, and I'm going to go to work on all the other things. And um, all the while, just thinking, this paper's going to suck. This, this is the paper I wanted to write, and it's going to suck. So I wrote it just that way. Turned it in on time. Said, you 
this decision as best I can see it right now. I'm going to trust you and you are following because I can't see what's coming. But I'm going to trust you. The promises of God end up giving you thick reasons to trust Him. They will bear the weight of adversity. So, on the other side of trouble, you end up looking back and you say, you know, the Lord was good for that. He kept that promise. He gave the wisdom in His Word to break it down just 400 words a day. And I followed that and He was faithful in that process. And so, you go through instance after instance where you see the Lord walk you through the fog. And you say, he's good for this. I can trust him. Those are thick reasons, not thin reasons. Why? Because they're based on scripture. They're based on a track record. And both of those things are very important. So, what we're saying here is don't make decisions that are too big. And don't pressure, uh, force these issues. In godly diligence, be sharp, break things down, and make your decisions smaller. Go point to point, and the Lord will lead you. Let me reframe this in, a, in a, an even broader way. You want to know how to walk with God? Do what we've just been talking about. It's when your decisions get smaller and your trust gets thicker that you are walking with God. It's when your temperature gets cooler and your sharpness gets finer that you're walking with God. Because you're deep in the small things and not getting all jammed up under pressure about things that are too big for you and too big for me. What we're really talking about is being oriented spiritually. It may be that you have made a big decision. I'm going to surrender my whole life to God. Maybe you did that once. Maybe you found that the power of God just did not take hold in your life. You wondered, why didn't that work? I mean, I surrendered everything to Him. I prayed that prayer. I gave it all to Him. And it just, and it seemed like it was supposed to work there, but it's just, it's not coming together. I had an emotional experience there. I had a vision there. I saw things new and fresh there. And it, but now we're just right back to the same old thing. What happened? Very simple. Your decision is too big. Let me put it this way. I can't surrender all. I can't do it. Because I can't wrap my brain around all in my life. It's too big. Too complicated. I don't even know what all is. I can surrender this. I can surrender this. And this. And this. And this. Go smaller. Stop making 
spiritual decisions. Have the courage to make small spiritual decisions. This today. Do your 400 words today. Do it again tomorrow. Trust God. When you look back, you'll find a track record. I don't mean to dismiss experiences that you've had. All I'm saying is that was the start of something. To want to walk with God, that really is one foot in front of the other. Small, repetitive, daily. Secondly, your reasons to trust God need to get thicker. You need more track record. How do you build a track record? Steps. Trust here. Trust next step, and next, and next, and next. And then you look back, and all of a sudden you realize, I've covered this many miles, and the Lord brought me this far. And he protected me, and he provided me. And, and I saw things come at exactly the right moment, and I didn't know I needed them, but I had done diligent work on what I did have to decide. And so I saw him supply all of those things. If you want to grow spiritually, the thing you need to look at is the way you make decisions. If you break it down, spread it out, line it up, take in the promises of God, you will see Him work in your life. You will find, in spite of yourself, you are walking. Jesus. Each one of us here has a decision that is weighing on his or her conscience. We ask that you would give us the wisdom to break these big decisions down into smaller ones. Give us diligence. Make us sharp. And as we walk through these big decisions, step by step, with you, we pray that you would minister to us, that you would revive us each day, because we falter and stumble, we run out of passion and energy, our desire flags, we grow weary and well-doing, raise us up today, raise us up again tomorrow us how to do this, and we will gather your manna every morning, what is needful for that day, and we will go to sleep at night, calm, in peace, in the understanding that you have done everything that is needful for tomorrow, you have it in your hands. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name, for his sake.